We hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. You know, as we are continuing on with our Matthew 25 challenge and looking at the plight of uh, not only children, but of families and villages uh, all around the developing world, it also pains me to uh, remind ourselves that Afghanistan is going through such intense turmoil and hardship. You know, the reality of the Afghani church is in deep peril um, to the point where you, we need to pray. We need to pray for so many of those Christians and pastors. For so many of them, they're probably, their only option is probably uh, exodus, to, to get out of the country. With the existing Taliban government and their existing historical uh, posture with Christianity, it has not always been favorable. As if, if anything, it's been quite terminal. So we want to be praying for the Afghani church today. Um, but as we looked at the Matthew 25 challenge this week, we were prompted this week to do a whole bunch of stuff that maybe we're just not comfortable to do. On Monday, we were to give up a meal and to maybe make a, a more simpler meal uh, that most people in the developing world would have, like rice or beans or, you know, curry and rice. Tuesday was to give up all kinds of drinks and just have water. For me, that was a hard thing because I, I love my long blacks in the morning. Later on throughout the week, we were challenged to look at those pieces, those building blocks of Matthew 25 and how they engaged with some of the countries that World Vision is actively sponsored in or partnering with. What we're hoping to do at, later on down the line is we will do a child sponsorship table because that was going to be the celebration for this morning as we would finish up engaging the text one last time and then afterwards we would be able to go into the cafe, look at some of those children that need uh, partnership and sponsorship today in some of those countries like Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, India and South America, places in Africa as well. But we promise that we will do that sponsorship table once we come back to our regular services at 510 Colombo. This morning, we want to engage the text again. You know, when I talk to younger preachers or new preachers, I always have reminded them, you know, context plus content equals meaning. We always need to go and engage the text as with fresh eyes. So, Father, we pray for your eyes, our eyes to be open, our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand your word for this morning. If you have your Bibles, um, most of you guys probably have them uh, sitting right in front of you like you're ready to go. But we're going to engage the text one more time with Matthew 25, and we're going to look at verse 31. This actually is parabolic in the sense it does fit within our context of the series because it comes off the heels of the parable of the talents. This idea that, you know, we have these things that God has given us and we don't just kind of bury them into the sand, but we, we need to do something with them. There's a, in James, it talks about, you know, faith without deeds is dead. 
So you can't just sit on all these amazing things that God has given us, skills, talents, abilities, money, resources, land, all those things. You can't just sit on them and just go, well, I'll just wait for a rainy day. I'm just a short little story. I remember we were talking with a church in, uh, just outside of Vancouver, and they were looking at our summer camps that we were doing at our church. Uh, the pastor had come over to Victoria, and he was talking to Mike and I, and, and um, he, you know, we were looking at our finances, and we were kind of living kind of paycheck to paycheck, and just paying just enough for all of our programs. Meanwhile, this pastor from a, a pretty good, you know, uh, financially well-off um, church, he was talking about wanting to engage with uh, camps for the first time. And they had stored up a, a, quote, a rainy day fund. Um, and we, he kind of alluded to the number. But there was such huge hesitancy, such pushback from their uh, board, their congregation, uh, their council of leaders saying, you know, you know, we need to keep this for, quote, the rainy day. You know, in emergencies, break glass kind of fund. And uh, I remember Mike and I just saying to the guys, like, look, if you guys aren't going to use that money, you know, for your rainy day, look, it's raining over here. We would love for you to give us some of that money because we are putting our talents, we're putting our, our, our kingdom kind of energy right here, right now. We're going to wait for the best opportunity. We're just going to attempt, I think William Carey said it best, attempt great things for God, expect great things for God. That guy, that pastor went back to his church and I think, I don't know if he gave us some money or whatever, but you know, we just, I remember saying that. It's like, look man, it is raining here. So if you could just send us some of that money, we'll put it to use. And that's where the parable of talents comes in is, is what are you doing with what God is giving you right here, right now, and not to bury it into the sand. So here we, we pick it up. Knowing that context, we pick it up in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Verse 32, he says, Before him will be gathered all the nations. He will separate from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on the right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you and naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to the, to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So I love this connectivity to, this, to the mission of God to, you know, the talents that we just, we just start seeing kind of being deployed. You have all these amazing talents, these gifts, resources, and, and you did these for, this, for, for the least of these. 
Let me tell you a story. I used to work at a Christian camp called Birch Bay Ranch in Alberta, Canada. And one of the things that we would do uh, with our kids every single night is we would have campfire. At campfire, we were all literally kind of sitting around this big roaring bonfire. And of course, we would do our songs with all the actions. And we would have these small little uh, plays or sketches or little dramas that we would put on. We would call them skits. And one of the skits I still remember to this day. Paint the picture in your mind. You see a busy woman uh, kind of uh, preparing a house. You know, she's wiping a table and she's, she's cleaning the window. And she's, you know, she's trying to frantically do a bunch of things. And she gets a knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. And this person comes and says, oh, hey, um, I'm wondering, you know, I, I kind of ran out of money this week, neighbor. And, uh, you know, I, I, I need to pick up some flour. I want to make some, some, some buns for my family. Can I borrow some flour? And the woman says in the house, is like, look, um, I'm kind of needing the flour right now because I, uh, I got to prepare a meal for, for this really, really important person coming. And so, um, look, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't help. And she closes the door. And she's, she, now, she's, now she's baking and she's working in the kitchen. And, and she gets this knock again. And, and she, this, it's this other neighbor that comes to the door. And she's, she's like, hey, excuse me. You know, um, I'm having a tea with a friend of mine. And I, stupidly, I've, I, I've ran out of tea. Do you have any tea that I can have? And the woman just opens up her tea jar. And she's looking at the person at the door. And she's counting the tea bags. And she's like... Look, I'm really sorry, but I'm waiting for this super important person. He's, he's about to get here, and I, I, I got to keep this tea for this meeting, and, and um, I, I can't spare any. So, look, I'm sorry. So then that person leaves. Of course, you could see the buildup of what's happening. The kids are super intrigued, going, who is this guy that's coming to the house and this lady seems like she's super busy, but it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, you, you want to make sure you're prepared for, for this important person coming. You, you would hate to not have the, you know, the, the baking done and, and you know, the, the drinks ready. Well, this guy, again, another guy, this guy comes to the door and um, he's, he's a homeless guy. And he's, uh, he comes out and he goes, look, I, uh, I'm really in a, in a bad spot. I just got released from the jail. I... Spent the night there. I was drunk from the from the bar, and um, I, I all my stuff was was taken. And all I all I need is uh, is. Do you have anything I can like? Do you have a raincoat or something like or a sleeping bag? I'm I'm really hard up. I'm, I usually don't do this, and the thrift stores are closed. And you know anything would help. Anything would help. Well, the woman, you know, looks at her house and she sees a. Uh, the, an old blanket and and she sees uh, an old jacket and she, but she's thinking wait a second what if the the person that's coming to my house uh, is cold too or or maybe they need to he says look I'm again I'm really sorry but uh, I have to be fully prepared I have this big meeting coming and I I might need those things so I'm sorry I can't help can you imagine as the uh, sketch continues to develop, 
going through, you know, a sick person comes to the door and, you know, they're sneezing and, you know, now in our context, they got a mask and whatever. And they said, oh, can you help? I'm, I'm sick. I just need some, some medicine. No, sorry, sorry. This person that's coming to my house might need it. Then finally, the phone rings in the sketch. And she picks up and, and she finally does say, Jesus. She's like, Jesus, I've been waiting for you. I've, I'm, I'm ready. I, I've, I've baked an amazing meal and, and the, the tea is ready. It's hot. It's, it's delicious. You know, everything is ready for you. And not in a condemnation, not in a shameful way, but Jesus reminds her, says, hey, so when, when I was there earlier today, and she said, whoa, 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 Jesus, you weren't here today. Look, I had this guy ask me for flour. This the person asked me for tea. This guy, the homeless guy, asked for like a jacket and a blanket. Jesus says, when you do these things to the least of these, you do unto me. And at the end of the skit, you don't see any kind of condemnation, no shame. It's just that there's this moment of, uh, this pregnant pause, uh, 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 this, this, as I think Josh had mentioned it um, last week in his sermon, it's a kairos moment. It's a, not a chronos moment where it's a time, like 10 seconds pauses, but it's almost like in that moment, the kids just got it. They had a God moment, a divine moment where heaven and earth met, a kingdom moment where they realized, oh... When you do it unto the least of these, you've done it to me. William Barclay, one of my favorite Scottish theologians, um, reminds us uh, 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 that his judgment isn't how much knowledge we have gathered, or the fame that we have amassed, or the fortune that we have gained, but it is the help that we have given. I would like to see if I can during this morning just to frame this parabolic kind of declaration, this parabolic kind of challenge three ways. The first, if you're taking notes, is it's simple helps. Simple helps. Here we see that there's hunger and thirst, welcome, you know, this, this uh, grace-filled visitation, this, this uh, meeting of someone when they're sick. It's just the simplicity of the help. There's no complexity in the sketch. You see this person coming saying, I need some flour or I need some tea. It's as simple as, what are you going to do? And it, it, again, it... it it bridges back into the parable of the talents. You might have like a tea, you know, shelf where it's full of tea and you're like, oh my gosh, like, let me tell you, I've got some oolong tea and I got some green tea. Maybe it's you've amassed a, 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 a you know, a bunch of medicine that you don't need anymore. And, and this person comes over and says, oh, I just need some cough and flu medication. And you're like, here, take the whole bottle. It's just the simplicity of the helps. 
Secondary to this is number two, uncalculated helps. Uncalculated. That means what it means. It says you have, you're not taking the calculation of what it is. In the sketch, the woman's like looking and, and surveying what she has and going, well, I don't know if I could release that to that person because I might need it or I might need it for Jesus. But this is a natural, instinctive, uncalculating reaction of your heart. It's uh, connected to empathy and, and to, to compassion. You, you move because that's what Jesus would have done. Jesus, he constantly in his ministry on earth was giving up of himself all the time. Praying for those for healing and the release of demonic. You know, teaching about the kingdom on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, constantly discipling the disciples. He, it wasn't calculated. He didn't have some master plan like, you know, he's trying to manipulate everyone. In this, in this Matthew 25, it is, even within the context of the World Vision Challenge, how simple and uncalculated was the exercises we had to do. Sleep on the floor. Give up a meal. Prepare a simple meal. Give up some drinks. Look out for someone that might be in need. They are natural. It means that they come out of your natural rhythms. We don't have to create something brand new. See, the thing about the sketch is that the woman is like just working at home and these people come and it's just a natural tendency of being hospitable, to be caring. In the in Tereo Maori, it's manahi tanga. It's like this, this, this hospitality. It's, 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 it's wanting to share of one's heart. The opposite to that, and I think a lot of us fall prey to, and, and it's our own sin we need to forgive of, is, is it is calculated. It is self-centered. It's it's if if I knew it was if I knew it was Jesus I would I would uh, I would get some kind of credit out of this. But it's not really generosity. It's a, it's disguised selfishness. And number 3 in this is it's directed help. See, all helps are 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 given to Jesus the king. All help is withheld, is, is withheld from God. So God is our good, good Father. And so to delight the Father, we must help His children. Isn't that just an amazing thing that if, if, if God is our Heavenly Father, and we are all made in God's image, we are all brothers and sisters, wouldn't it delight the Father if we looked out for his kids. St. Francis of Assisi um, was riding his horse through the, the, his town. He was well off at the time. He wasn't St. Francis. He was just Francis. Francis was riding off. He's well off. His, his family was involved in the textiles. He um, making making garments, very very good garments, like like silk garments. And he sees this uh, beggar, this uh, homeless person, 
on the side of the road. Back then, it was, you know, when you were begging, you, you, looking pretty harsh, like you were, yeah, it was, you were really, really rough. And Francis, in that moment, has a, had a revelation that led to a transformation, kind of Kairos moment. He gets off his horse, and he was really well-dressed because of his family's business. And in that moment, it was a public display. Everyone was like, whoa, what's, what's Francis doing? And he gives, he just, he literally strips down to his, uh, to his undergarments, and he gives everything to this homeless person. That was the beginning of the, of the Franciscan order, of this benevolent Matthew 25 movement that cared for marginalized and disenfranchised people. And we see that so many times in our lives where you, you hear of people just, just caring with simple helps, uncalculated helps, and people just, that just want to help the, the larger family of God with, with no intention of payback. So as we break off into our small groups on Zoom today, those are the questions that I'm going to ask of you today. Is Number one is, how are you simply helping the Fano that are around you? What, is, what are those natural, instinctive, uncalculated heart desires to look out for people? And the other, the other part is, how do you feel when you help someone and you feel like it's, it's blessing the Father heart? But also, let me just pray for us today. We thank you, Lord, for this text in Matthew 25. We ask that, God, it would condition our heart, but also it would renovate our heart, that we would love differently, we'd move in more in, in mercy and care for the ones that are around us. We thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing over the rest of our day and our night. And we hope to see each other face to face. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. And we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.